What's up, guys? Welcome to episode number six of Ball Status. That's right. Boss status, where we talk about the business of health and the health of business. Today, I'm joined by sidekick, meaty Mave, national sales director for Core America, and the giant killer himself, Sean Clarita, the 212 Mr. O, runner-up this year and champion the year before, and I guess open class winner now. He's big time. Add that to the resume. Welcome to the HQ. Welcome to boss status. Uh, so, you know, the first five episodes of this, we talked a lot about entrepreneurship. Uh, we talked about core values. We're going to get into more of a active Q&A uh, with Sean to get to know him a little bit better. Sean, you've probably done podcasts before, I'm sure. Um I don't really know where this is going to go, so just going to warn you. Um, so we might need some post-filming uh, post editing from this. So uh, <laughs> that's all good. We can do that after the fact. Now, for the live people, they're getting, you know, action. It's the benefit for going live. That's the benefit of going live, you know. Um, so we got people live here who can ask questions. We're going to get to you guys later. Uh, but to start off, uh, welcome. And... Um, I'm going to turn this over to me because I've been really busy the past week, really, to be honest with you. So I haven't prepared whatsoever for this thing. Uh, so well, that's the best way to do it. That's the best. Way. That, that is that. This one we that do usually prepare, is the best way to do. We do prepare for more than like updates or ask the boss what we used to do, but um, but yeah, I think authenticity. Right? Look, that's a big word. Is the best way. All right, but before that, thank you to our sponsors, American Energy. We got to get in here. This is number two for the day because I didn't do a pre-workout. Just did a pump product. Just finished arms with Sean. Oh, yeah. Good little pump, huh? It was good. Yeah. Thank you. So first question is, that are we going to start a um, a gay for pay bicep show with uh, <laughs> first uh, first videos, your, your, both your biceps? Bro. Extra peaks? I hear Sean gets quite quite a few email offers. Twin yeah. peaks. They both have weird folders where they just <laughs> stuff the weird comments into a I'm pretty sure Sean probably deletes it. Maybe yeah. I'm weird because I keep them and I just put them into a weird folder. Maybe, I, I don't might know need that guy one day. I don't know what's just worth. I just want to know, like, I want record of it just in case something weird actually does come of it. So, like, I slide them into my weird folder. It's kind of yeah, weird. No. In case you need, like, uh, for the police report or something, you need to, you know. Yeah. yeah this, exactly. is, this is where it started. Exactly. So, I mean, before we jump into this... Um, well, maybe let's jump in. I want to know more. I mean, we've known each other for quite a few years now. I mean, shoot, we were competing in the early 2000s in the natural bodybuilding circle. We have the same group of competitors we competed against there. Yeah. Um, but really, dude, what's your – and because I, I haven't heard this. Maybe you've said this before on another podcast, but I haven't heard it. What is your origin story? Like, where do you come from? Uh, what – you know, were you into sports early on? You know, what was your – you know, what was your career? Like, how did you get into bodybuilding, right? Like, how'd you get to be Mr. Olympia? I mean, now you're almost 40 years old. So there's a, you know, mm. like that from your teenagers to now, like give us yeah. it in a nutshell, like what is your origin story? Very long journey. Uh, as a kid growing up, I was always short. But I was very active. Hey, Sean, um, you're still short. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. That was, pretty, ah, that was pretty good. I had to do it. I, I thought my mic was off. Oh, wrong, wrong, wrong button. <laughs> um, but no, uh, yeah, like growing up, I was very active. <laughs> baseball, basketball. I was a baseball umpire. I did everything. 
Boy Scouts for 10 years. And uh, but it, it got more serious when I got into high school, started wrestling. And uh, obviously with, with high school, you know, gym class was part of the regimen, which means weight room. You know, still very new to everything, not knowing what I was doing. I was just in the gym throwing around weights cluelessly just to kind of kill time. Uh, but obviously with wrestling, the coaches wanted us to weight train to get stronger for the mat. Uh, and love wrestling so much. And after the two years there, my junior and senior year, I decided to continue on into college. And uh, that's when, obviously, I was still underweight for the 125 class. So the coach said, hey, if you ever want a chance to start on, you know, at this level, you're going to have to get bigger. Cause at the time, Where did you go to school? Uh, Roddy University, New Jersey. Okay. So D1 program, um, I was 110 pounds. The lightest weight class is 125. So while my teammates were running to cut weight, yeah. uh, I was in the gym training and in the cafeteria eating. So that's what I was doing. So training every day. They must have hated you, bro. Yeah. Because like <laughs> they're like starting spitting, you know, like yeah. spitting in the bottles and doing all that while you're just like chowing on donuts. I did that, I did that in <laughs> high school, but in college that was non-existent. Yeah, because there's like a 103 or something. I was 103 in high yeah, school. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, no, I did that. And, um, you know, in the midst of training, I met an old school bodybuilder by the name of Tom Garuba, uh, 70s bodybuilder, old school guy. He had a bunch of VHS tapes he sent to me and I checked them all out and I just like, oh, this looks pretty cool. At that point, I knew nothing about bodybuilding. You know, obviously, I had fitness magazines because I wanted abs like every high school kid. And, uh, you know, I'd say, hey, you know, this looks like something I would, you know, just want to try out for fun. Again, didn't know what bodybuilding meant, what it, what it didn't take, like what the whole process was. So in that short time, he actually kind of trained me, taught me more about the sport, what it entails as far as diet, training, things like that. And uh, after three months of, you know, meeting him and talking to him, I did my first show. Uh, that was the NPC uh, Mid-Atlantic Natural Classic. It was and so you're like what, like early twenties at this? Twenty three years old. Okay. Yeah, still in college, and um, you know I was a hundred and at that time like hundred and eighteen pounds, and I competed in a novice lightweight class, and I ended up placing third out of five, and instantly I was bit by the bug right then and there, and I think I did a show the following week, and then a show after that. I think I did six shows that first year, <laughs> and I traveled everywhere. I did. I at that time I didn't know the difference between NPC, WNBA. I didn't know any federations. I just yeah. like bodybuilding yeah. so if there was a show i was driving to it i i drove to you know jersey i was in delaware i was in uh syracuse i did six shows the entire season just kind of fell in love with the whole process and then you know fast forward to now i mean i've done 52 shows in my entire career going on 16 years of competing and uh so you you at some point in time you basically after you kind of figured out the organizations, yep. you you started competing in the IMBF, yep, right? Yeah, a year later. And so, like, how long did it take you to get your pro card there? So, my first IMBF show was it was in 2005, same thing. My yep. first show there was the Worlds. Again, no idea it was the Worlds. I didn't know how, you know, what that even yeah. meant. But it was in New York, so it was, it was easy to get to, Yeah, right? exactly. Again, if it was close, I was going to it. Uh, loved that. You know, I placed third out of ten in that, that Bantamweight class. And I came back the next year. Uh, that's when I started taking the IMBF more serious and kind of that's when I knew what a pro card was. And yep. so I decided to focus solely on getting that WMBF pro card. And uh, I actually won my pro card three times the following year. So I won the uh, Northeast Classic and IMBF got my pro card. I did the Hercules. I won my class, got the pro card again. And then I won the Worlds as both a Bantamweight and the overall. Oh, wow. So Damn. I was the first Bantamweight to win the overall at the Worlds as an amateur. And uh, they kind of said, hey, this is it for you. You got to take that pro card now, <laughs> which is fine. I was ready to take that pro card, um, and I accepted it and came back the next year to the Worlds again, and I placed. Uh, now, now as a w, as a pro. As a WMBF pro, yeah. yeah. Um, I My first show actually was, oh, I forgot the name of the show. It was the Cayman Islands, the universe. Okay. It was. 
And then I did the Worlds as well. I think I placed that year, I believe it was second or third behind Brian Whitaker. And then uh, I stayed in the WBF from 2006 to 2010. And uh, that's when I transitioned out into the NPC. And you were right in the top uh, in that lightweight class because, you know, Brian's still a mm -hmm. core athlete here. Uh, you know, he, he's had some surgeries recently, came back this year. You know, he competed this past year after. Yeah. I mean, he's probably 45, 46 now after really? two, okay. two complete knee they had to basically cut his bones because his knees were like grown separate, like bow legged. <laughs> he was bow legged. So for bad. one summer, they they basically cut his bone and then reattached it, and then he did it, it did it on the other side the next year, and then he came back. It was crazy. Wow. Uh, so I remember YouTube because like that was when I was kind of really into competing. It was a battle. Yeah, it was three of us. It was actually Brian, myself, and Clement Yearwood. Yes, like we were all going and head to head with each other, like yep. switching, swapping places. So. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess in 2010, that's when you're like, okay, enough of the IMB or enough of the WMF yeah. world. And, you know, growing up in natural bodybuilding, you know, that's a big transition jumping to the MPC. So, like, can we talk a little yeah. bit about that? And, like, that? I mean, that's a major decision. As somebody who was committed to natural bodybuilding for so mm -hmm. long mm -hmm. and was such a great ambassador to that sport, what made you change to be such a great ambassador now for the MPC IFBB? Like, what made you... What, what caused that change? A few reasons. Um, one, I had tons of friends that were NPC, IFB pros. Uh, I was very much active as far as going to NPC shows, pro shows, you know, hanging out with these guys. And they always, over the years, would tell me, you need to go do a band away. You, you do well at the Nationals. Just come over and do it. And I'm like, I just wasn't ready. And plus, I was committed to the WNBF right. at that time. And then, um, you know, when, you, when you're when WNBF pro, the goal is to win the world championships. That's the highest you can go, right? Yeah. And I, I ended up winning the lightweight class there. Um, defeating Brian uh, in that lightweight class in 2009. And, uh, you know, I came back the following year as a defending champ and unfortunately did lose my title to uh, Brian. <laughs> 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 but, uh, you know, at that point in time, I was like, hey, I've, you know, I've won the world. I've done everything here I want to do. Uh, I'm, I'm ready for an, another challenge, a bigger challenge. And I decided to switch back over to the NPC in 2010. Uh, took some downtime from that time to when I made my re-debut to the NPC which was until 2011. So the funny story is my very first show ever in 2005 was the NPC Mid-Atlantic where I placed third out of five in the novice class. My first show back in the NPC in 2011 was the same exact show, the NPC Mid-Atlantic Natural Classic. And I ended up winning the Bantamweight class there and the overall. Um, and then kind of from there, I just kind of just went on a rampage, won the uh, Atlantic States, won the, um, the NPC uh, Team Universe, and then I went to the nationals and got. Did you out. win your class and the overall? At the no, no, just the uh, the class. The class, but yeah. that doesn't that give you your pro? No, the only overall, the overall. Overall, overall does, the, the yeah. universe, yeah. Um, but I did go to the nationals that year and uh, unfortunately got killed. That smoked. Yeah. And uh, but it was a learning lesson. My first big national show, I was up against veterans on the stage. It was like twenty five guys back then. National classes were deep, man. Yeah, yeah, they were deep. Um, this is like before men's physique and classic physique weeded out. Some yeah, great, great exactly. Competitors. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. And uh, again, I got killed that year, but I came back the following year and um, ended up winning the class at the Nationals getting my pro card. And then how long did you take off before you started getting onto the IFBB circuit? So I won my class in 2012 at the Nationals, took all of 2013 off to grow and prepare for the national stage and made my debut in the IFBB at the New York Pro in 2014. How did you place there? Ooh, 13th there. So, I mean, it, it sounds like um, you've definitely paid your dues, like is what, <laughs> I, is what I'm hearing. Because, like, yeah. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to believe because I remember, you know, as a, a fan of Natural Body Man, I remember when you made that transition, right? Yeah. And uh, it's hard to believe it's been like 10 years. 
A lot of people weren't happy with that that decision. I got a lot of emails, a lot of you know messages from guys who were disappointed or didn't understand why, or you know just just weren't a fan of that decision. Well, you know, so I get a lot of questions. Like, you know, Drug Miller's my nickname, <laughs> nickname, right? Like, and yeah, you know, so and I've always, you know, it's it's, it's one of those things. It's like I've never been a holier than thou natty. You know, like I'm accept uh, accepting of whatever your decision may be. Just make sure you compete with people on your same playing Absolutely. field. Absolutely. And that's the thing. And so you actually wanting to take it to another level, uh, I'm sure you did your research and know the risks mm -hmm. and, you know, the potential upside, but the potential downside. Yeah. Um, Show me a natural that hasn't done that type of research. Right? Oh, like, I mean. all like. Oh, been yeah. on that line. Or sure thought about it as well. Right. Sure, yeah. Too. Like after coming off a show, like you got guys saying like, oh, dude, you'd be so good over here. Of course. You know, like then I'm looking up at this, all this stuff, you know, doing yeah. research on my own. Like, but I mean, like you got to respect that it. you made the right. To, you didn't try to do something and stay. You left yeah. and competed where you needed to compete. So like there's some, I mean, dude, you're always going to have haters, right? And that's one of yeah, the things unfortunately, like, unfortunately, yeah, you know, I'm a risk taker too. You know, I'm all about big, big risks, you know, big risk, big reward sometimes. Yeah. You know, and leaving was a big decision, you know, and, and, but at the same time, it's, it's not what I regret. All right. So that's a, that's a good segue. So how do you weigh the risks and the rewards, right? Like this is a, this is a difficult sport, especially, yeah. I mean, even at the natural level, it's a difficult sport, but then once you throw in you know, everything else, all the other stuff that has to go on to do well at the MPC is just like, and, and especially with some great people passing this past year, yeah. like how does that affect you, right? Because you're one of the best in the world, right? Like, I mean, shoot, you won the Mr. Olympia. You were the, you are, excuse me, <laughs> you know, the, the best, you know, 212 bodybuilder in the world. And yeah. so, um, you know, how do you draw that line and make that decision? Because you, you must think about this every day, right? Like you have family and friends that care about you and that there are risks, right? Like, let's be honest, let's be real here. Um, so how do you navigate that mentally? Right. Um, and you know, like what is your thought process for that weighing those? those I mean, things? you made it, made it, you made, you made it very clear that I did exactly that. I researched beforehand. Yeah. I read everything and I had a very reliable coach in my corner helping me through that process initially. And, um, you know, I, it's, like you said, it's big risk, and I understand that. At the same time, I got to just kind of do what my gut feeling, I guess you can say. Yep. And at the same time, only thing I can, really can do is continue to monitor my body, get the checkups, go to my doctors, get my heart, get the blood work done, and just, you know, just be smart about it. Initially. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, I mean, again, I'm, I'm 40 years old, and, um, you know, my blood work has been great over the years. And just recently, the one thing I've done that I haven't done over the years was get my heart checked. Yep. And I did that a couple of weeks ago, and I was very happy to hear I had a zero calcium score. You know, so after 16 years of doing this, obviously, total, um, and then obviously switching over to the MPC in 2011 and, and taking that bigger risk, and yep. I guess they can call it dark side of bodybuilding. Right. You know, I'm happy to hear that everything's still good and, and still functioning well. I mean, I guess you, being a smaller frame, mm -hmm. regardless of whatever you're taking, right, a smaller frame probably is easier on the heart than... Yeah. Somebody who's massive, right, and has to carry around three hundred pounds. Yeah. Um. I mean, obviously, you're you're carrying a lot of a lot of weight for somebody <laughs> your height, but but still, I mean, I guess it's it's less. But I mean, I would assume that it's probably also a little bit easier with a compact frame because maybe you might not have to go to the yeah. extreme levels that 
some of these bigger guys need to to fill out, you know, shoot getting up 320 pounds in the growth yeah, season, right? Like, I, don't, I don't need to do any of that. And I think the one thing I do as well that many of us do is take some time off when we don't need to. Yeah. So, you know, obviously, we're you know, when we're prepping for a show, that's when we're pushing the limits. But if I'm not prepping, I'm just kind of just downtime, hanging out. I'm not... You know, I'm not blasting anything. I'm not so, so I, let me let me talk about that again too, because this is something that people ask me a lot of times. Why don't you, you know, why why haven't you tried it? Uh, it's I, I joke sometimes. I was like, you know what, man, I'm tired of these people accusing me. I'm just gonna go on a bunch of shit and I'm gonna prove everyone wrong. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna blow up 260 real quick and we'll sh- we'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not doing that. Um, but like, in you know, like how do you? Uh, <laughs> what is going on here, POV? Um, how do you? you know, like deal with that mentally. The one of the reasons that I give for people is like, I want to be like making gains like this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And if you have other things helping you, you can make games like this, but clearly you can't be maxed out on everything at this all forever, the time. Forever, and yeah. you're going to go like this, right? Like that's part of it. So is that hard mentally no. to deal with? No, or you just all. know, are you just strong enough mentally to know that that's part of the game and there's a process to this. Because I did this so long, you know, as a natural bodybuilder, and for me, it isn't me. It is not, doesn't take a toll mentally for me at all. Like, I, I guess because, yeah, even as a natural, you your physique changed. I mean, even a week after yeah, a show, exactly. you look completely different. I, yeah. I've, I'm used to that. Yeah. You know, regardless if I'm, if I'm on something or not, I'm used to, you know, doing everything I have to possibly do going into a show. But as soon as that show is over, I'm backing off the training. I'm backing off the food, supplementation. I'm resting my body. I'm just giving it a break before I get back into gear again. So how, how um, like, I mean, I, I, I don't know, right? Like, I, and I want to ask this question because it's a curious question that I think a lot of people want to know. Like, how much of a difference did that make for you? And, like, in your training, like, right now, right now, you know, when you're, you're not going crazy on a contest prep, you know, uh, run or whatever you want to call it, yeah. you know, like, um, how big of a difference is it? I mean, is it like literally night and day? Like, so I'll give you an example. So the year I did the nationals in 2011, I was completely clean. Yeah, I was 134 pounds. Came back the next year where I won, I was 143 pounds. And I just made weight. So it was a big difference. That's when I started yeah. on after that nationals. Yeah. And, and just the training and the recovery and all of that. Just training, must- the strength, the gym, the recovery, the whole nine yards. It's just, just yeah. everything. Now, even now, because like even when when there's not a lot going on. Uh, I mean, you're still mat. I mean, you're massive, right? Like you look freaky as shit, and you're you're crazy looking. Um, I mean, do you still feel great when you're not on? You know, as much or like how? Yeah, the only thing I noticed between the difference between uh, when I'm on and not on oh, is that, that my foot. I uh, hit, I'm just I not as full. That's yeah, I mean, you really got to work on your fullness, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's yeah, yeah, like six feet wide. Yeah. He's wider than he is tall. No offense. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. surprisingly, I'm still pretty strong. Um, but yeah. I just, I can tell just I'm not, not as full, not as round. Yeah. Okay. I didn't want to turn the show into a whole, you know, drug conversation here. But, like, it's interesting stuff, right? No, and, yeah, and, sure. and it's well, real. It's, it's a big. Um, it's real. It's real. And it's, it's really relevant with this. Yeah, this building, this yeah. circle that you're in, you guys have competed against each other. We still have athletes that you've Kurt Wagner. Well, technically, we've never competed head to head. Well, but in the same in the circuit, circle, yeah. right? Yeah. In the same circuit. Um, so like, and like, yeah, it's just really relevant, right? Absolutely. And everybody watching is is curious about these things. I mean, we have a huge natural bodybuilding following that follows us, so it's they're curious questions. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Like I yeah, said, absolutely. like what a natural bodybuilder has not thought about, like. 
man, what if I did that? Oh, when I was 21, I was definitely, you know, yeah. you research that stuff, right? Like you, oh, like, you know, what if, what if, and I researched everything. I even researched like, I mean, like all this, that's how I got into supplements. I just researched the shit out of everything. Yeah. So then you start going down those rabbit holes and it's just like, at some point you just got to be like, okay, I'm going to make this decision and you can one way or the other. You, you can know? imagine me doing the research and can't pronounce anything and like doesn't know what's <laughs> going on. And I'm like, bro, this is way too, I'm stressed out. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm stressed out trying to make my, get my meals in and all this stuff, you know, like. Yeah, so that's when I was a, like, definitely yeah. a process. Yeah. What else you got there, meat? What else? All right. Well, uh, Mr. Dave Rodnecki did a lot of research. He watched some of your podcasts already. So we okay. all know you got the giant killer nickname. Yes. And you got that nickname in 2006. Yeah. What does that name mean, mean to you today now mm. that you've matured? I mean, in 2006 is a long time ago. Yeah. Right. So you've maintained this, this mantra, this name for that long. So what does it mean to you today? It's just like uh, just a guy who you know was always looked down. A lot of a lot of naysayers. The underdog, who truly <laughs> lived up to the underdog story, that came from 118 pounds to being Mr. Olympia. If you would ask anyone 15 years ago would Sean Cleary ever be Mr. Olympia, I'm sure nine out of ten times people would say no. Only person I would probably believe is my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Moms always believe. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, that's it's. Giant killer, man. Like I, I don't, I don't go to any show scared of any competitor, whether that's two twelve guys, whether that's open guys. And I proved that at the Legion a couple months ago, going up against six two Regan, Regan Grimes, two sixty five, Sergio Levis, six three two eighty. Now there, here I am, one hundred and seventy five pounds between the both these six. guys. Do you, do you feel like that? I mean, I'm sure you were bombed after the Olympia, right? Like, I just know you were you, the pressure you put on yourself, and just I mean, we're winning it the year before, and then coming into sec in second. Um, was that like a complete redemption then for you when you went out and won the Open? Like, how how do you feel about that? So, winning the losing the Olympia, um, I think it wasn't more. It wasn't more so for the title. It was the fact that that show was for my coach John Meadows. Um, that was a show after he passed in August. Right before the Olympia, and um, I took it, it. It hit me really hard. Yeah, and uh, it affected me a little bit as far as training. I didn't train for a couple of days, and I just kind of stayed in my house, cried every day, and uh, I finally got back to it. I still, I told myself this is not what John would have mm -hmm. wanted, you know. And uh, luckily, I got to talk to him. I think two days before, so before he passed, and we were talking about the Olympia plans. Him coming to Olympia, training with me at the Olympia, and and it just kind of clicked in my head. Like this is this is what me and John put together. I'm not going to stop now. He's watching over me. So every time after he passed, I went to the gym, I would say, you know, what would John do? What would John say to me right now? And I always say, let's do this, John. Like he, in my mind, he was always there with me in the gym training. And that's what kind of pushed me going forward after his passing. And, mm -hmm. and, and that's the reason I put so much more effort into this, this Olympia prep than I did the previous one. Just because I wanted to win it, not for me or my family, but for John. And obviously, losing it was was definitely um, not the plan. Yeah, and it definitely hurt for a couple of hours. And uh, but at the same time, I felt very like just a lot of drive, a lot of passion. I still like I still had more to prove, and I did not want to go out uh, uh, finish the year off with a second place loss. I wanted to kind of redeem myself, like you said, get some redemption. And I figured like, hey, if I'm gonna go out with a bang, I gotta do something that that's this big. Yeah, and just why not do that at an open show, going up against. Cedric McMillan, Patrick Moore, Regan, Sergio. Uh, these, no one expected me to win that show. Did Now, did you expect you to win? Like, honestly, no. deep down, did you expect no. to win? No. I, I, my goal was top five. 
I'm realistic. I knew who I was up against. I was like, yep. if I get into the top five, I think that's a win right there. Yeah. And uh, so no, even my own team, we just said, hey, let's go in there with the best we can and see what we see what we can do. Let's try to get into that top. And five. do you feel you look better at that show? Than oh, a hundred percent, hands down, sharper. I think if that look came to Olympia, it definitely would have been a different story, possibly. Yeah. Um, and I were was, you trying to achieve a more full look there because you knew that you were going up against bigger guys? I like, actually wasn't as full. So this is a crazy story. So the, to the next day after Olympia, we went to uh, You were lunch. sharper. You were definitely sharper. sharper. I yeah. thought you were fuller uh, and sharper. Crisp. Well, I'll no. give you the reason why you, yeah, you, you, you think walk, that. You walk it through. So my coach and I sat. We made the decision. Like, and just for, for uh, another question, just yeah. to, for clarity. Uh, Matt Jansen. Matt Jansen. Just, okay. So but, you, so John Meadows is like your tra- was your training coach, and Matt does everything else. Exactly. Okay. So I've been I worked with John since 2015. I work with Matt since 2016. Okay. Uh, On so training and training nutrition, and nutrition separately. And yep, Got separately. It. And uh, so we sat and we made the final decision. Like, just okay, we're doing a show. Let's get back to work. And Matt said, "What do we want to do? Do we want to continue with the conditioning or try to eat up and fill out and kind of try to match these guys?" I'm like, let's just do what we've been doing. Mm-hmm. Let's just come in as sharp as we possibly can and, and try to give these guys a run on conditioning. We figure someone's going to be off. Right. And uh, so I was actually four pounds lighter at that show. So I was 174 wow. pounds. And the reason why I looked fuller, Matt can tell you, any, for me, when I, get, when I get much more sharper, I look fuller and rounder. So the, the, when Matt actually said, the more I suck him down, dry him out, the freakier and round and fuller I, I, I become and look on stage. So uh, what do you do for your carb up, like like preparing for a show? Like what is your typical – or was it different between the Olympia and the, that, the open show? No, it was pretty much the same. I dieted on five foods. Uh, it was fish, turkey, beef, oats, and rice. That was it. And so, like, what are your, like, macros looking like going, like, the last, the day before a carb, uh, like, the day before a show, mm-hmm. like, how ma- how many carbs are you having, like, so many years? Um, so, going into the show, so we got there, I think, Sunday, I think it was, and how we do is we kind of go very minimal from Sunday to, like, Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah. and then Thursday, we'll start putting in a little bit more food, and then Friday, a little bit more food, but we'll start cutting back on our protein source, yep. cutting back on the liquid, the fluids, the yep. water, stuff like that. Uh, so, the day before a show, I would say I was doing... More carbs than usual, but very little protein. Because at that point, you don't need it. No, yeah, you're not going to lose muscle. Yeah, yeah you're not going to do that. You don't, you don't need it. So I would think every meal I was doing anywhere between 150 to 200 grams of white rice every single meal. Um, and if white rice works best for me. Like yeah, yeah. I, My body has changed over the years. So yeah. it used to be rice cakes and sweet potato, things like that. Now it's just, just white rice. That's yeah. it. And oats. So It's crazy. Yeah, I'm just I'm thinking of the carb ups, and I'm just like, <laughs> I get so sick of sweet potatoes, man. I'm just uh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, at that point, like anything tastes good. Yeah, know? seriously. Did yeah, go, literally. <laughs> did you go buck wild after the show or what? Oh, uh, no. I mean, after that show, no, because I learned from past mistakes. Not to not to go crazy after a show. How many shows you've done? Fifty two. Fifty two. I mean, after fifty two shows, I feel like <laughs> the the post show like party does. Yeah, but he doesn't. won. I was a big win, well, I bro. Know, I, I did go out with my team. We were. Uh, we yeah, I was to, gonna say, I don't don't we, don't bullshit a bullshit, bro. <laughs> so <laughs> we're after the show. We left. We went to um, what's that burger spot in uh, Las Vegas? Like the burger spot that we don't have in Jersey. Uh, in and out. In and out. Correct. Yes, we went to In and Out Burger. Uh, then right from there, it was like midnight. We went to Insomnia Cookies. Yeah, dude, he didn't do anything crazy. <laughs> yeah, nothing crazy. <laughs> nothing crazy. Yeah, do as I say. It was so it. bad that the guy I offered the guy five hundred dollars for cookies <laughs> because I wanted cookies so bad. He couldn't like. He's like, sorry, we can't. I'm like, I will give you five hundred dollars. Why? Why couldn't he? 
It's too late. Something was wrong with the register. So I couldn't just walk into a store and buy cookies. He's like, if you want them, you're going to have to go online on your phone and order them and then have them, you know, shipped or whatever or pick up. I'm like, dude, I'm here right now. I just finished the show. I'm not trying to go <laughs> Give on my me phone. my freaking cookies. Like, I'll give you 500 bucks. Just give me the cookies. That's funny. <laughs> so, but I uh, got my cookies, though. Good. <laughs> Do, uh, is there anything uh, up there, uh, POV, while Pat rolls up the next see. question here? Go ahead, Pat. Anyone still on there? Well, um, how has life changed after winning? After being the Miss, you have a title for life. Yeah, you are. Yeah. you are an Olympian champion. You are Mister Olympia. How has life changed? Has it has it been any different for you? Uh, just a little bit more active, you know, traveling a ton more, more podcasts, more interviews, just kind of more being in limelight for more for the most part. But I've always been that same guy, man. Like you know, I walk into my gym now. My gym just you know is has been behind me since 2016. Um, after winning the Olympia in 2020, they did a, a huge mural inside the gym for me. And then after this past Olympia, I uh, came home. They had did like an eight foot plaque outside the gym with my photo on it. Yeah, you know, just just been busier, you know. And and yeah. that's pretty much just been it, really. So you, you said you had plans to move uh, next or at the end of this year. Is yeah. that going to be one of the harder moves for you? Is leaving that gym? Yeah, like, that's because I know I'm not going to find that anywhere else, or especially in you know where I'm going. Right. Unfortunately, but hopefully, you know, if things go well, maybe one day I can open my own personal studio or personal gym that can have the way Flex did it. He looked you know? at our gym. He's like. Yeah, this is I, I, this is a personal gym here. Oh yeah, I'm like, oh, tell me about it. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's why I envision hand selected equipment that I like to use. Yeah. He said, "How many square feet is this? Seven thousand. And he's just looking <laughs> was, at it. He's I like, was taking notes. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "This is a personal gym." Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. First, well, qu- first question was, who was the first to call you the giant killer? Clarence McGill. So if you guys mm-hmm. don't know Clarence McGill, he is a WMBF legend, uh, world champion, uh, good friend. I still talk to him almost every week now. So how he gave me that gave me that name was in 2006. He was coaching um, a competitor heavyweight by the name of Christopher. Wow, well, I can't I can't I can't remember Christopher's name right now. But he was Christopher Jones, maybe I forgot his last name. Um, but I was a bantamweight and he was a heavyweight. And I won my class, and obviously we were going up each other in the head in the overall. And then I ended up beating him and everybody else. So Clarence comes backstage, introduces himself. Hey, I'm Clarence McGill. Congratulations, you're a giant killer. For beating everybody, and uh, that's how it stuck. That's cool. That's great. David Dodrell wants to know were any giants killed during the making of the giant killer name? So. <laughs> <laughs> what an idiot! Yeah, I Sean is the best. Any real questions? That wasn't here? a question, POV. No, that was just a that's comment. That's just a nut. I like that. I figured <laughs> he wanted to know. He's like, keep him coming. <laughs> uh, what areas, body part, would you say is your weak point? Are and where area where you can bring up? Yeah, for sure. Uh, number one would be my my uh, calves. I have black man calf syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> no, black guys don't have. Maybe any that's calves. what I have too. Huh? <laughs> no, bro, you, you just got black. Oh, look <laughs> yeah, yeah, bro, you got country cankles, bro. That's not black man. <laughs> that's country cankles. Yeah, uh, yeah, calves. A little bit more chest and uh, definitely hamstrings. A little more chest, huh? More chest. <laughs> They get overshadowed by your shoulders is what yeah, it is. Exactly. Uh, okay. I can see that. That's why it's so wide. Like, literally, like, your shoulders aren't round. They're square. Well, that's like, why I stopped so training them, really. So, yeah. I do. I, well, that was John and I's plan a couple years ago. Like, hey, we're going to stop blasting shoulders and then focus more on chest. So, instead of having a sh- uh, an actual shoulder day, we'll sprinkle in two exercises on my chest day. 
So Tuesdays, I go in and hit chest four or five exercises. At the end of that, I'll hit some rear delts, some side delts, and, and go home. And then I have a second chest day on Friday, which is all chest. So shoulders gets hit very minimum, minim- minimal throughout the week. Sheesh. A lot of shoulder in there. <laughs> Word. What else you got, Meek? All right. Let's see. Let's go Olympia. Um, what's a bigger accomplishment to you? I mean, this is kind of an easy question. Winning, well, maybe not. Winning the 212 Olympia or winning the open bodybuilding class? I won the Olympia, man. That's the yeah. Olympia. That's the, that's the king right. of all kings. You know, that's what every bodybuilder who, who enters the NPC IPB aspires to be the Olympia champion. And, uh, you know, it was a goal I set. This is funny, actually. So I was still competing in the IMBF, uh, WBF at the time. And uh, I have never, I, at that time, I had never gone to the Olympia to watch as, a, as a, a competitor. And I knew for some reason that I eventually would get to the NPC, IFBB, and get to the Olympia. So in 2007, my training partner and I made a, a, a bet. Well, not a bet, more so like a, like a, what do you call that? Like we said, hey, we're not going to go to the Olympia. A pact? Like a, a pact. Like we're yeah. never going to Olympia until we're on that stage competing. <laughs> so from 2007 till 2015, I had yet to go to the Olympia at all to watch. And I went in 2015. That's my first time I, I qualified and competed there. That's pretty cool. That so I, cool. I knew that one day. I'd Did you go to the Olympia but just not go to the show? Like maybe go to the no, expo never, or never, whatever? Never no. went to Vegas. No. That was the first time. <laughs> That's crazy. That's so cool what story. is your plan for the coming year? Like what are you looking to do? Win uh, everything. Win everything. <laughs> Take over the world. Well, so are you sitting out until the Olympia? So, yeah, no. After As the, of now, like, I know things change. Yeah, after a long season, I'm definitely going to be done until the Olympia in 2022, well, this year. That is set now for December 17th through 18th. Uh, as everyone knows, I'm qualified for both the 212 for life Olympia, and I'm now also qualified for the Open Olympia. So that's a very big decision that I have to make. Uh, I did speak to the higher-ups, the Manions, and in regards to being able to do both because that hasn't been done in a long time. I don't know. Has it ever been done? 2008, David Henry uh, had won the 202 and I think competed in the Open as well and placed 10th in the Open. Uh, the 202. I remember 202. when it was. When did it go from 202 to 212? What year was oh, that? Oh, man. 2000, was it 12 or something like that? I mean, it wasn't that. Yeah, it was, yeah I think it was like 12, 11 or 12 because Flex was like, Flex had won the first one there. I think it was. No, David Henry or Flex. I don't remember. One or two. Yeah. I mean, they'd be silly not to. I mean, this is just my some random guy's opinion, but like they'd be silly not to because think about the hype of that, right? It's just like somebody doing something that hasn't been done. Like that, mm-hmm. that brings more eyes to the sport. That brings more excitement around it. Yeah. Um, man, that that'd be awesome if they you could get on stage for both of those. But would that be hard to peak then, or are they? Because no. that's is it Friday two twelve Friday all of Friday and so Friday and then it's done done Friday night. Yeah, but right after the finals for. Oh, how is it now? So right after the finals for the 212, the open guy is prejudging. Oh, on Friday night. Fr- Friday night. So all I do is I would come off the stage for the finals, wherever I place, win, lose, draw, and then go right back on stage for the open uh, prejudging. That would be, and then it's the following and then, night. And then the following night is the finals for the open. Yeah, dude, totally. I mean, because you, you could still keep that same peak. It would be the same it's yeah. same peak. I, I'd, get, I'd get better for Saturday. Yeah. Interesting. I feel like that needs to happen. I feel like it needs – I mean – People. I was talking to you on our drive. It's like, yeah. it's, I feel like it's only beneficial 
right? Like it yeah. just brings more excitement. It just, absolutely. Uh, you know, like I, I just don't understand like what would be the negative part of that. I said the one negative thing that it's good for you, but maybe for somebody else's eyes, like you have the same Mr. Olympian for two classes and maybe they don't want that. Politi- I don't know. It's a, that's a political Listen, thought, if, right? If I'm able to beat everyone in the show, then why not? <laughs> right. Right. You know, I think it's cool. So you, uh, you know, one of the things we were talking about in the gym, I said, like, do you get a lot of soft tissue? Do you get a lot of uh, work? Like, what what is your what what's your routine look like there? I know for me, like, I'm I'm constantly going to ART. Yeah. I get deep tissue. You know what? It, you know, I've I've done a lot of stuff and I do a lot of things. So like, I can only imagine uh, you you have to incorporate some of that. I mean, especially as you yeah. approach forty years old. I mean, like, so I started getting self care work um, in twenty seventeen. And that's when I really noticed my body started to progress more. And so I, you never did it up till then? No. I'd Bro. get a massage like here and there, like but nothing serious. Yeah. But it wasn't until 2017 when I started really getting that work done. And that's when I noticed, like, hey, I'm getting better, you know, in a gym. My physique's changing. You know, I'm not having any aches and pains. Everything feels great. I look great. And that's when I really started focusing a lot more on it. So now at this point, uh, I do get Graston cupping, stretching on every Thursday. Uh, my my man, Dr. Pete, comes to my house. So is that like a half hour, hour? Two or? hours. Yeah. Two hours of Graston stretching and cupping? Two hours, yeah. He takes his time. So he walks in. He's like, what, 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 what are you feeling today? Uh, my shoulder's a little iffy. My back's a little, eh. So he'll go in. He'll assess it. He'll, you know, he'll, he'll massage gun it. He'll scrape it. He'll cup it. He'll stretch it. So it takes two hours. That's great. But it's in my house, in my basement. So it's, it saves me a drive. Dude, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> awesome. And that, that's been since 2017? No, Every that's Thursday? been since 2019. Okay. But you started seeing, like, seeking out personal. Yeah, well, well with, with Dr. Pete, it was 2019. But, yeah, no, it was 2017. I started getting grass and cupping done yeah. regularly. Yeah, right. for sure. And then what else do you do other anything? So the past three years, I've been getting deep tissue. My guy, Big John, I call him Big John because he's literally, like, 6'4", over, like, close to 400 pounds. Good Lord. <laughs> yeah. So he he does all my deep tissue work. He gets in there and just destroys I am, me. I'm, I imagine, bro. bro what are you? And he uses his elbows, everything. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's what the yeah, you like that? <laughs> That's what the buttons are for. Apparently. Hey, Big John, I need a massage. <laughs> yeah, you like that? <laughs> oh oh man, man, I can't, I can't. But yeah, no, he's he's great. Well, have you had um, have you had a, a major injury? Like you have? Yeah, I'm knocking on wood here. This is fake wood, so. Oh shit! Yeah, we, wood, yeah, we got. No, only the issue I've had. Um, I herniated my disc in 2007. Stiff leg deadlifting 275. You know, I went down. I felt like a small little. 2007. Pop. 2007, yeah. So, like, does that flare up now, or is it's that still? It's still, yeah, it definitely still flares up. Yeah, it's a herniation. And I know, I know. Meat's gone through. This. I mean, we've all gone through that, right? Like, yeah. that's just part of bodybuilding. Yeah, right? that was it. I mean, I got treatment done. I, I was out for a couple of months. I didn't really train. Um, got all the you know the work needed to be done for that. I actually got cortisone shots for it as well. Yeah, and uh, it'll flare up. So there's certain movements I can't do anymore, like deadlift off the floor. Yeah, you'll never see me deadlift off the floor off the floor anymore. I so when did you stop doing this? Deadlifting? Yeah, officially in 2010. Okay, I still tried after, and I, I you know I'd get lucky and get the reset. There'd be some days where it just boom hit me and I'm like. There it goes again. Yeah. So how much? So how do you really focus on your back thickness? Do you feel like that? there's any like are you missing something by not doing those i mean you know well, there's, like, there's i think when you have an issue on injury people always ask like there's always other ways to work you can't there's totally. 10 ways to just get a cat 
Uh, so for me, there I do a lot of hypers, uh, weighted hypers, and rack pulls. Okay, so rack pulls are fine. Rack pulls are fine. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. Scary, but they're they're way better than <laughs> scary. Right. So do way you drop better. them like you're ten weeks out or something? You drop them from your prep, or do you? Uh, usually, like a month out, I'll drop it. Yeah, because it's just again the risk reward is not there. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. I like it. What All else right. you got, meat? Well, I'm gonna take a break from. Uh, Who's bigger, Doug or Sean? <laughs> Definitely Sean, as you'll see from the, uh, <laughs> the yeah training videos. Yeah, just as you see from the training videos. How you measure that? I he's guess. twice as wide. Uh, I'm, I'm said, taller. Somebody said the sound went out, but I didn't see anybody call you. We'll just uh, click off live and pop back on. Bro, what is that? Bro, bro I don't know. It's Apple. It's, you know, somebody's spying it's on Apple. us. Yeah, I blame them. All right. Um, break from questions. I'm going to show you uh, from your Instagram oh, Lord. a picture that you posted, and I want you to describe this interaction. So POV, I'm going to send you this picture. You pop it up so they know what this we're is talking about. I don't know what yeah. picture this is. It's just a little interaction. This guy? Yeah, I don't know. Just I found a picture. I took a screenshot and sitting, you know. Just <laughs> That's so random. Like what? Yeah. This is my videographer. That's your videographer. That's my videographer. Well, describe it. What's happening right there? What's going through your head? Like what? Where, where are we at? Like, <laughs> is it like really a silly it's picture? A pic- it's just a picture, bro. You better not swipe. You're gonna you find swipe, all sorts of. Whoa! I thought this is my Instagram page. No oh, okay, screenshot. Oh, I'm like. No, that's <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing bad in there. No, no. Really. So that's my videographer, John. So we we're actually in Reno at the uh, Legion Sports Fest where I won the open class. And uh, that was actually the day before the show because I had to work the booth for Wolfpack. But, man, it was just aw- – I mean, like, when I made that announcement that I was doing that show, people went nuts. There were YouTube videos done. People were doing, like, comparison photos of me and this guy. And I'm like, oh, here we go. So when I got to Reno for that meet and greet at the uh, Wolfpack booth, People just coming up to me and just, like, wishing me luck. Like, oh, I can't wait to see this. Like, it's going to be awesome. So I was Dexter Jackson, you know, rest in peace, Sean Roden. We, we, he and I talked, Chris Cormier. Uh, you know, everyone came, was just kept coming over. Like, you know, I, that's the one thing I love, and I always said, like, when I'm involved with something, I want to be all in, meaning I love traveling to expos. I, I love meeting the fans, taking photos, having conversations, all that stuff, because without them, there's no us. You know, there's no me. Yep. Um, so, you know, just being able to, you know, whether it's the Legion, the Olympia, whatever show I do, I always find time to, you know, meet the fans, talk, have conversations, take photos. I enjoy that. Like, that, that, that's like one of the highlights for me when I do a show, man. Like, there's a meet and greet. Let's do it. You know what I mean? So that was that, was that interaction there. When did that, uh, when did that start to happen and how was that change when, like, oh, man, I got a line. Like, yeah. people want to see me. Like, this is different, right? Like. I think it was 2018 when I, uh, was it 2018? Yeah, it was 2018, and um, that's when I feel like I arrived. And when I say that, it's because this is, I had done the Olympia, obviously, 2015, 2016, 2017, but it wasn't until 2018 when I feel like I arrived. And the reason I say I arrived is because now I was on stage in that first call-out with guys who I looked up to my entire career. It was Jose Raymond. It was Flex Lewis. It was David Henry. It was Jamal Ashkenani. And then there's me. Even though I didn't, you know, didn't I placed, you know, pretty much the, the, out of the pack, but just being on stage, having those photos, those memories, just looking to my my right, and I got flex here. Looking to my left, I got Jose here. Like holy, shit, I I'm here. I I envisioned this. This is what I've been working toward, to be in this call out with these. These are the top guys in our industry, and here I am standing on the same stage with them. I can you know, literally reach out and touch Flex's arm. Like that's when I feel like I arrived, and then at that moment, like I knew that my time was coming. 
And if you guys know, 2018 is the last 212 Olympia that Flex did. That was mm-hmm. his retirement show. Well, not retirement show, but retirement from 212. And I said at that very moment, when he announced it on stage, I was sitting in the audience. When he officially announced it, I said, my time is coming. I'm, ne- I'm next. I did, my, I'm, I'm going to be, I said, I'm going to be Olympia champ one day. I wasn't sure it was going to be the next year. It was definitely going to happen. And we came into Olympia the following year. Uh, title was wide open. There was no champion. Came in my absolute best. Unfortunately, placed third. But again, I always said this. Who won? Two. Who won it that year? I forget. Uh, uh, Kamal, Kamal Agarney. And I always and said, then who was second? Uh, Derek Lunsford. That one. Okay. So for me, I never go backwards. I always said I can't go backwards. Meaning, if I place fifth at this show, if I come back again, I got I got to be no lower than fourth. So you know, obviously placing uh, sixth that Olympia came back the next year uh, where the title was wide open. I fought fought as hard as I can to win it. But I ended up placing third behind uh, Kamal and Derek. But I'm third in the world. Yeah. You know, third in the world. And I said, there's always next year. Yeah. Come back bigger, better, improved. Yeah, I mean, I can appreciate that the that feeling of then you're being on stage with these people that you looked up to. Cause, oh, man. I mean, I not necessarily in a bodybuilding world, but we kind of joke, you know, like, so Carl, uh, you haven't met Carl, but creepy Uncle Carl, our, he's our general <laughs> manager for our nutrition corners. I'm sure okay. you'll meet Carl one day. Um you know, his was, he literally would fall asleep at night watching Jay Cutler mm-hmm. um, videotapes. Like, yeah. he just loved, and, you know, he's just a fan. Carl's just a fan of the sport. He's a natural pro as well. Mm-hmm. You know, he's competed at the Orton and all that. But, um, you know, like, Jay was, like, his idol, right? Yeah. Like, and it's funny now for us, like, in business, like, we have a great business relationship with Jay. So, like, Carl gets texts from Jay Cutler and it just like blows. They're like buddies, right? Like, yeah, and it like blows. And, and one of our core values is CODG, which is can't out dream God. So we always, and this is, this is like Carl's, you know, core values. It's just like, dude, you'll never know. You know, like I was just some nobody, you know, working the front desk at a gym, you know, when I was 20 years old, just trying to be a bodybuilder and would look up to this guy. And now, you know, I'm running all these stores and, you know, I get to have text conversations and calls with yeah. Jay Cutler himself. Right. Like, uh, so it's kind of like I can appreciate and the same with me and everyone else we get to, you know, interact with, you know, like I'm a fan of the sport and like, you know, we get to have conversations with Mr. Olympia and all that. So yeah. it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I, that I might be the the one boss status take from this is like, you, you never know where life's going to take you. So to like take, take a risk on yourself. Absolutely. Right? Like, yeah. you know, like what's it going to hurt, right? To work, uh, you know, fall asleep to Jay Cutler, like <laughs> trying, to, trying to be a bodybuilder, knowing one day you're going to sh- sh- text him, you know? Yep. I'm sure Jay loves to know that Carl used to fall asleep watching him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I'm still a fan too, by the way. Like I, 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 I I'm still a fan, a fanboy. I even though I, I am where I am, I still want to take pictures with Flex and Jose and all these. Guys. We're at a show or backstage, and we're hey, take a, take a picture. Right. I'm still a fan. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Um, so this is something that we talked about, but and I'm sure people want to know, right? Like uh, you and I talked about this uh, earlier. So like your coach is Matt Jansen. Yeah. And you know you used to be with his supplement company. Yeah. Right. So yeah. like um, you know I'm sure people are thinking, well, that's gotta be freaking weird. You know, so like, how is that? How did you how did you maintain this? So now that you're not with you know uh, his uh, uh, raw um, and revive, like, yeah. how 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 are things now? Like, how does that? How do you guys move forward from that? So tell me how you've managed to manage that whole relationship. Well, let me just you know say off the bat, like we're good. Yeah. You know, people yeah. have like said reached. People out. try to create drama. Yeah, people have people have reached out to me. Hey, you need to drop Matt. 
And like, no, we've gotten to where we're at because we believed and trusted each other. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know, it's unfortunate that things didn't work out between the companies. But when we uh, I initially came on board with them, um, he and I sat down and, and put it out flat out. Whatever happens from here on out, it's not going to affect our coaching athlete relationship that we've built over the years. So anything related to Raw Revive, I don't I don't include Matt if I can if I can help it. If I have an issue with products or something, and then you're speaking of when you were there. When like I was when, there, yes, yeah, you just yeah. I try to keep Matt out of it because I didn't want to. If it was something bad, obviously I don't want to. I don't want him to be involved with that whatsoever. Obviously, it did come down to the point where he had to get involved with you know uh, their decision to let me go. Yeah. Um, you know, he was he was affected by it because he he was just because I'm his athlete. You know, he yeah, yeah. he understands that this was my living. This is how I this is how I pay my bills, take care of my family. Um, so he did reach out to me and and, and showed his concern, and we talked. And uh, we agreed that you know, like you know, it's it's unfortunate, uh, but you know that. And I and I said, hey, it's it's not your fault. I get it. You know, it's a business move at the same time. But we've, like I said, we built something very special together. Uh, I'd be crazy to leave him, and uh, we're we're good at this point. Well, that's good. I mean, I think it speaks a lot to really both your characters, and like that's. I wanted to put it out there just because, like, I'm sure there's a lot of people that try to. They, we know that in this industry, yeah. people just try to create this drama that just isn't there, and so or, or or no no names, but there are people putting out false information. Yeah, that have no idea what they're talking about. Uh, but uh, you know, I said it's 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 between us. You know, there's very few people who knew what was going on. Very small circle, so anyone who's outside that circle shouldn't have any say whatsoever. Yeah. Preach that. What you got, Aaron? You got anything else up there? We're running up about fifty minutes, so no, just uh, people joining. Okay, cool. What you got, me? You got anything? Well, you else? brought up uh, Raw Revive. You're not affiliated with a supplement company right now. Free agent. So what is your favorite supplements to take? Like a core nutritionist, bro. I mean, what? <laughs> like, I mean, it's sitting right out that door. Like, you better say the right thing here, man. We're going I, to dinner tonight, I, so unless you want, say, if you want that steak, you know what to do. <laughs> I will say that post you, you gave me, the, the fruit cereal was dead on the money. Oh, uh, right? yeah. That is good. Yeah. Holy yeah. hell, man. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm, I'm pretty simple when it comes to supplements, man. Yeah. Like, I, I like a good pre-workout. Let me put out, I don't like overly caffeinated products, so I'm not a coffee guy. I'm not a tea guy. I like good pump formulas. Good pump formulas, a good intro with some carbs, a good BCA if I'm doing a non-carb day for whatever reason. So give me your segue to this because this is like, I love peri-workout nutrition around your workout, right? Yes. So give me your like your your uh, your pre-workout meal, pre-workout, intra-workout, post-workout. Like what's a typical okay. uh, run for you on subs so, and food? You yeah, know, like so how like far before the workout you eat and like. I, I usually don't like a lot of, a lot in my stomach before I train. So I like to get the easiest meal possible. So it's usually oats and whey mm -hmm. before I train with a little bit of fats in it, a little bit of peanut butter. So I'll do that about an hour and 15, an hour and a half before I train. I'll do four ounces of uh, water and I do my a pump formula, uh, creatine um, and amino acids. Mm -hmm. I put that in four ounces of water and I'm sipping that right before the gym. So half an hour before the gym, I'm, I'm getting that down. I get into the gym about 20, 30 minutes later. I'm sipping on through my workout, good intra. Mm -hmm. That's BCA, EAAs, uh, HBCD, and uh, that's pretty much it okay. for that. Immediately as I'm walking out of the gym, I'm doing an isolate protein uh, with some more carbs as well. I'll have that. I'll get home, shower. Uh, by the time 45 minutes rolls around, I'm doing my last meal of the night, which is usually bison and white rice. So you train evening. You train around 5 Five o'clock, yeah, okay. 5 o'clock. So I'll get home. I'm eating my, 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 my bison and rice around 8 o'clock or so. And then before I go to bed, whether that's 10 or 11, I like to have a good mass gainer. 
Uh, her super size is pretty good. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> See that a boy? Now you're learning. Super size. Yeah. 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 And, so uh, you do a gainer before bed. It's I've like always a, done a gainer. I'm a hard gainer. Yeah. So I have to get those extra calories in, you know, and, and especially right before bed. Do you know what your macros calories are? Are you more of like you eat because you know you need this about this much meat, this much rice, this much? Or are you a macro counter? No, nah, I just know I need to get, you know, six or seven ounces of protein per meal. Uh, however many carbs Matt has we planned out for the day. Yeah, that's pretty much how. So, give me a nor- like, give me a normal day. Like, are we are we talking like you're eating 400 grams of carbs? Like, where? So where? I'll wake up my first meal. Uh, it's usually six ounces of lean ground beef, and uh, he has me doing. I believe now, oof, I think it's about two hundred and two ten or two fifty grams of white rice with and uh, two eggs. Uh, three hours later, I'm having my second meal, which is again another six or seven ounces of turkey this time. Uh, with about, I do 10 ounces of sweet potato right now. Um, then I'll have my third meal, which is usually turkey and pasta. Mm-hmm. Uh, get about five, six ounces of turkey with some pasta. That's from uh, Mega Fit Meals. That's a small dish. I kind of get down. And then right before I get in the gym, I'm doing a, another small meal, which is 60 grams of oats, uh, 40 to 50 grams of whey, and uh, usually 10 to 15 grams of peanut butter. Okay. Then I'm having my pre-workout, and then I have 50 grams of HBCD with another 20 grams of BCAAs within my entry workout. All right, and then immediately after the gym, I'm sipping on 50 grams of HBCD again, uh, 50 grams of uh, whey isolate there, getting home, having six ounces of ground beef, another 250 grams of white rice there, and then before bed, I always have to have my uh, my mask in or super size, and I do usually a bowl of mint chocolate chip ice cream. <laughs> That's right, because it's it's pretty moderate, I would say. As a bro, up in, as a, he's a bro. Yeah, but I mean, it's not like like two hundred to two hundred fifty grams of rice. Cooked. It's like a cup. Yeah, it's, it's like a, a, it's a, a cup. Yeah, a little bit over a cup. A so it's probably like, like sixty 50 to sixty grams of carbs. Yeah, yeah. you know. So but it, still, he's getting probably four hundred gram easy carbs in there. Oh, before the ice cream and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. And yeah. before the gainer. Before the gainer. The and you're easily getting 300 grams of protein. I mean, you're over that probably. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So you're yeah. getting probably closer to two grams per pound of body weight. Yeah. And then just you add fats. You, fats. you said the fats work well for you. Peanut butter. I do some um, either uh, mac oil, olive oil. I do olive oil now for the most part, or avocado oil. Yeah. Huh. Go figure. Yeah. Just bro it up. Just stuff, bro it up. He's a, he's a bro. Basic stuff. I said as like a, anything you need, he's like, I got my I got my meals. I got my water and a little a little bit of olive oil. I'm good. I said I said to Pat. Hey, Pat told me that, and I was like, "Bro, what's he? What did you do with that olive oil?" I was like, "That's kind of weird." It's like, a long night. Does he have like? Does he put that on his skin or what? what? Like it was just a, a, a kind of a weird request. Like I'm good. All I need is water and olive oil. What kind of party? Um, Olive oil, I can understand. If he said coconut oil, I might have gotten a little weird. <laughs> cocoa, but- cocoa butter. Cocoa butter. Yeah, I just like some <laughs> some water and cocoa butter. Uh, POV, do we have anything else up there before we sign this off at about an hour? Everyone wants to check. POV's just... They probably lost... Uh, re- re- uh, well, we kicked a bunch of people off. Lost volume. Yeah. We probably don't even have volume on there. He's scrolling. There must be a lot of comments that he's screening. Uh, somebody wants to know favorite chest exercises. I'm pretty standard, man. Um, I like. I usually walk into a gym. I get my shoulders warmed up. I go into a dumbbell slight incline press. I 
Then I go into either a barbell Smith machine incline press again. You yeah, still do barbell? You still yeah, you still, still like do barbell? barbell? Yeah. Uh, you know that's what John has me doing two inclines back to back. And then I go into like a flat movement, whether that be uh, Smith flat bar or usually a good machine, a good flat yeah. you know press machine there. Then I'll find if need to go to a uh, some type of fly, whether that's either dumbbell fly or uh, the machine fly, and then we'll finish up with two sets of dips. Are you doing all your training now, just from what you've learned over the years with John? Or? Yeah, it's uh, I still have I still have all his training program, so I'm do actually doing the last the program that we did for the 2020 Olympia prep. So I went back to that. Cool. So how long are your workouts? How long does it take you to get through? Ah. Uh, I would say I get into the gym around five, and I'm usually getting out of here around close to six thirty, seven. Well, that's not, yeah, okay. That's not that's too too bad. Bad. I mean, John, John did some crazy stuff, right? Like he had some off the wall, you know, off the wall. John just stuff make up on the fly. I'll just sit there. He was just like, they look around, he'll pick something up. Like, let's do this. Yeah, you know. So training with him was always great because it, 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 I always learned something new and just having that push, you know. Yeah. No, we we trained arms. It was good because you know. He likes the reps too, you know, like, yeah. you know, like it's funny people ask me, I'm like, I train everything close to 20 reps. Like if I can, you know, yeah. I, it's not like it's light. Like we go up in weight, yeah, we go yeah. heavy and it's just, you keep going like you don't stop. If you're going to get, if you can do it for 20 times, keep, you know, keep hit the 20 times. Like, do you think that's too light though? If you're getting 20 on a Well, set. so if you're maxing out, so yes and no, right? Like, because the way my strength curve works is I could do like, I could do like, just use random numbers. I could do a hundred for like 20 reps. But then if I go, once I get to that point, I could, it would be a struggle to go 110, 120. I'm just making something up, right? And whereas somebody else might be able to come and they could do that 100 for maybe only 12 or 15 times, but they could also handle that other one for heavy, right? So like I'm good at a heavy weight for a lot of reps, um, but like my high end strength, like I'm not a power lifter or like, but I guess... I guess you could argue that maybe if I moved up faster, I would have more from the previous not getting tired, right? But you, you, know? you, you might not finish a set or an exercise at 20 reps. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, we right. finished it like 12 to 15, right. okay. you know, like. And that's yeah, when yeah. maybe you drop. Or, yeah, or, I mean, and also on power, like some of the heavy legs or the heavy chest and the heavy back, like I'm not doing 20 reps, right? Like I'm not doing, yeah. yeah. But Yeah, I'm usually like 8 to 12 guy. Yeah. But you what do you a lot about, of. Bro, I saw you doing bro, that. You did a lot for like twenty. You did a lot of. You know, listen. When I travel, busted. Don't listen to him. He does more than that. I definitely, when I travel, I don't push it as hard. Uh, I see. Just to be safe. Yeah, pushing. He had it maxed out. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> there's like there's, there's seven no plates on the hack squat. Look super like smooth. Yeah, and that's and that's, that's freaking heavy. That's he- I mean, you do seven on that. That's I mean, that's that's heavy. It felt yeah. good. But he's used to the Cybex, which we are getting. I told him we are getting the Cybex. Which you do, you do four plates without a band on there. That that's heavy. That's wrecking your life. Yeah, Yeah. that's a a steep. That's why we're getting it because it's just a man maker. It's. it's I've done eight plates in that thing. That's crazy. Did you have some band? You had to have some band. (laughs) Yeah, you have to. I was gonna say. I put the extenders on. Got some extra plates. I think I did see that. Yeah, sixteen total. Because the bottom of that Cybex is bad bad for your back. Like that's why that bad for your back, bad for your knee. I mean, it's bad for everything. Guys don't come back up in that thing. <laughs> I bottomed out on that thing. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, we did it not too – I guess that was probably a year ago. Remember we did it? At uh, uh, Richmond? Yeah, Richmond. Yeah. yeah. It's a great piece. I was like, man, we got to get this. I mean, it's brutal. So we have that coming soon. Anything else you want to add? 
we got uh, Carl the crazy cock. Oh, he's Carl be, Brady's he's in He's calling here. me out. He said, POV, scroll up. So uh, <laughs> I did, and I, I see a question from him. He says, in the past year, how many days have you not eaten like a bodybuilder? Well, after his uh, win, he kind of went a little, he blacked out. <laughs> I don't go too crazy. Uh, I, I, if I do decide to, like, ease up on the food, it's usually on the weekend when I'm not training, like on a Sunday. So I kind of, like, you know, we'll have, like, we'll get up and go eat breakfast somewhere at a diner or something. And then I'll probably come home and have another, like, clean meal and then maybe another meal after that. So if instead of my typical five to six a day, I may get four in for the day. But you got bigger... Like big, well, yeah, big, exactly. Like di- like breakfast might not be a simple like no, meal. It's probably it a little won't more be clean dense. At all. Yeah, like a, some, I'm a I'm a big pancake guy. Who isn't a big pancake guy? <laughs> I got one more question. Oh, unless you have anything else, PV. So before you became like, I think a lot of bros' dream is to become a professional bodybuilder and right be a bodybuilder for a living. I mean, shoot, that's Carl's. So he he claims he is one now, a uh, professional bodybuilder <laughs> being paid to do his bodybuilding things. Um, what did you used to do before you transitioned into this full time? Like, what, mm-hmm. what, what did you have? Did you ever have a job that you really loved, or was it kind of just a job to pay the bills? Like, what? No, did, I mean, I started bodybuilding in college. So I was still in college, obviously. Yeah. Um, I did. I do have degrees in college, which I yep. don't use. <laughs> yeah, of but, course. Uh, but uh, no, I worked at a gym from two thousand. Oof, a couple of years actually. I was actually the the front desk manager yep. for about three or four years, and I absolutely loved it. And I transitioned over to personal training, um, but it got to the point where I felt like you know I, I needed to make that transition and, and put bodybuilding, take that risk. Yep. To to make this. this so what year did work. you stop doing like the personal training? It's twenty six, fifteen or sixteen. It was. Yeah. Right when things started getting serious. Yeah. That's when I was like, you know what? If I want to make this happen, it's got, it's got to, I got to, I got to take this risk, take this, take this journey, and just kind of just see what happens. Cool. It's core value. Take risks. You saw it on the wall in there, right? All right, guys. That's all I got. Meet. You got anything else? I'm good. Okay. Tov. Anything else? Sean, anything else? Yeah, you so want thank you guys for having me down here. It's been Absolutely. awesome. And, uh, again, I've been following you guys for years. Big fans of everything you guys are doing. You guys are killing it, crushing it, actually. There you go, bro. Fix that bro, this quick. isn't like uh, 5% nutrition over here, okay? <laughs> We're probably going to get a letter now because uh, you said it on go. the podcast. <laughs> uh, but you guys have been awesome, and uh, I just want to thank you guys for having me and down here and having me on the podcast. Appreciate it, man. Awesome. Thanks, dude. Well, guys, that's it. That's a wrap for episode number six of Boss Status. Make sure you... Like and subscribe and do I feel like I should say something like that. Like, like, click some yeah, buttons yeah. and tell your friends and all that stuff. Till next time, keep crushing it.